Well, hello, 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 everybody. Um, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, this is Buki's World, and this is your host, King Buki. Today, um, I just want to let you guys know and remind you that uh, Buki's World is to basically entertain. Um, it's a reality podcast set to entertain, be it jokes, life lesson, and popular culture reflection. And today, we have a special guest. Um, his name is Reggie Nelson. <laughs> Sorry, Nelson. And Reggie is an investor. Uh, he's an author. And he knows all about business management and um, financial, you know, status. So, um, Reggie, why don't you tell the, the audience about yourself today? Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, so, as mentioned, my name is Reggie Nelson. I grew up in Dillon, South Carolina, moved up to Charlotte about two and a half years ago uh, to start working for this investment firm. Uh, going well. Now, I am an author, entrepreneur, philanthropist, um, investment professional, you name it. I try to get my hands in a little bit of everything to sort of stay well-rounded, but thank you for having me here on today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, today, he's on the show to basically get us in check for the holiday season so the focus is basically um holiday management and being able to deal with you know the finances during the holidays you know we we're in the we're, in, we're basically in that mind frame where we want to prepare get our financial um goals together and and start uh, preparing our credit and things like that and so um he's going to basically put us in the mind frame and get us right um, when it comes to um managing our coins in the holiday and so before we get in um you know get into that um what i want to do i want the audience to get to know reggie a little better so i'm going to start off with you know uh a set of questions because you know i love i love the number three and so normally what we do we get into this segment where um i ask three questions and you and you answer it like you know basically like a little personality test and so um <laughs> so basically the first question is okay so there's if you were to tell uh, uh, like a broke millennial such as myself, you know, <laughs> three markets that they should invest in um, today, what would the three markets be? Three markets to for millennials to invest. First off, I would say growth companies. So any company that's focused mm -hmm. on growth that you see that would be around within the next 50 to 70 years, um, I would definitely approach those. Uh, a good platform where, where I started with myself was ETFs. Those are exchange traded funds. So they're a low cost way to begin investing in such as those companies. And even a, a company called Stash, mm -hmm. S-T-A-S-H. Right. So that's a great way to start investing as well. Just in those growth companies, um, someone that you see is performing out well or you hear about a lot in the market. Um, I would definitely take a look at those. Now, the second one, I will also say real estate. Real estate is not going anywhere. So there's two things people need. One is food and two is shelter. Mm -hmm. People always need shelter or a place to stay. And I would definitely look at areas that's continuing to grow in or has the potential to grow and look at some houses or land in that area, apartment complexes, but definitely real estate because land is, is not, there's no more. <laughs> so, I mean, we have what we have. Right. And then finally, that third one, I would have to say investing yourself. Right. A lot of people don't see that as an investment, but definitely invest into yourself. Um, I mean, look at webinars, go to seminars or workshops, connect with different people, 
and read, purchase material, develop, a, learn a new skill. I mean, just anything to invest into yourself. That's one of the greatest investments that you can make and it's gonna pay off in the long run. So it's gonna satisfy you internally as well as externally. So you definitely want, don't wanna forget about yourself as far as investing, because that is a, a great investment, definitely for the wrong, long run as well. Right, right, that's exactly why I kinda of started the podcast and you know, did the brunch and everything. And, I, and I'm, I'm like trying to get like, you and become an author and things like that. So yeah, you have to invest in yourself. I do, I do, do support that. And so like the second question um, is, okay, so I'm gonna put you in a, a mind frame, okay? So it's 3 a.m., you were going on a trip, you have three seconds to grab, a, grab your belongings. You have to choose between a credit card, a debit card, or cash. Which one are you going with? cash all day i mean <laughs> not everywhere because you definitely said you said we don't know where yeah, i'm going you don't know where you're going you just you're yeah, yeah. i take my piece if i'm in china or japan or something like that but cash that cash talks money talks <laughs> they see that cash. yeah most of the time dollar bills is it weighs a little bit more in other company uh, other countries so they'll love to see that American dollars, so I, I'll take cash over a card. Yeah, because I was kind of, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't have a lot of cash on me per se, but if I do have cash on me, it's little bills. So it's just like, if I leave the house, I cannot leave the house without a, a debit card. I don't even have a credit card, really. That's how bad it is. But like, I'm not leaving without my debit card because I can always go to like a bank. But like you said uh, before, he's like, well, like, they're, a lot of banks are just, um, you know, in America. They're not like, you know, in some certain places. So, yeah, not global. I'm, I'm with you. I try to do. I try to carry cash at least a twenty. It never works out <laughs> once I break. It's always it's it, always so. broken down. You know. <laughs> yeah, once it's broken, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, good. Gone. it's gone. It's gone. There's no twenty. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> okay. So the last for the last of the three, right? So. It's the end of the world, and you had three women to take with you. Who would those three women be? We want to know. Mm, those three women. One would definitely be my wife. Okay. My future wife, whoever she may be. Okay, you speak into existence. Come with me. That's my I see you. You got to speak into existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two would be my mom. Can't leave mom, Duke. So she, yeah, she definitely got to be there with me. Got to whip up something for her. Like, you got to get it. She got to get it cracking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And then third one, third woman. I would say Beyonce. Gotta be B. Nah, we love B. Gotta it gotta be Beyonce. One is because of the entertainment. And then two, if my wife act cup, I mean at least I got B there. Oh so. listen, you trying to turn B into Becky. I am not. We are not turning B into Becky today. Becky with the what what is it? Becky with the, with the good, long hair? With the good hair. With the good hair. <laughs>
So being one person trying to chase money, you're limited on how much you can grab and get. At one point, I was working three jobs, just trying to get it, leaving from one job to the next job. And it seems like I still never had enough money. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I started realizing after studying successful people and billionaires and, and seeing how they operate, those people, that, those, those women, those men on that level and that mindset, money is chasing them. So they created a product, they, they created a service that people would chase after them to give them money just to get their service or their product. Um, I use uh, Rihanna, so everybody knows Rihanna. Right. I use her as an example. She is on the platform now, but she has the makeup line. So people literally run into the makeup store, JC Penney's, I mean, everywhere, just buying her products because they want to be like Rihanna. Right. And she didn't stop at every belt, so JC Penney's selling her product. She's making money chase her. So that I put it in that perspective because we're only one person, so you have to think what 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 are you good at or what yeah, can you find your niche. And it, it, that yeah, just goes so that just goes to show you have to find out who you are. So how what what led you to that? Um, when did you figure out that okay, this career is for me. This is my niche. I learned it. I would say early on in high school. Early on in high school, late high school, I would say, it started catching on. Um, I found myself, or my homeboys, looking at Jordans or seeing what's next Jordans coming out. I'm researching stocks. I'm seeing the, the trends and the performances, reading news about it. And even in college, it, it got even more aggressive. I actually started applying it and investing into stocks. I, I was in class one day and the professor just, just asked, did a poll of the class. He said, how many people here own an iPhone? I like 99% of the class raised their hand. And then he said, how many people in here own Apple stock? Just him and me raised our hand. And that's where I knew I was thinking that. Yeah. It's a whole nother level. So I started watching who I surrounded myself with. So you gotta be, you're influenced. Um, Les Brown said, you're the average of the five people that you hang with. <laughs> and when I started thinking about it, I, I got a little nervous. I was like, oh man. So definitely got to prepare your mind that's the first thing and really doing it so you got to prepare yourself and then apply yourself right right and you say you realize you realize like you realize while you were in school or you realize when you were out of school in school it started clicking mm -hmm. out out of school that's when it started making sense because i read a lot of stuff i've seen people say stuff or like make your money work for you i wasn't taught that growing up i was just taught to you get a job, you pay bills, mm -hmm. and you die. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so that you can have money working for you, sounds or you like can a have more. Sounds like a story. It sounds good. <laughs> it, it sounds good. It sounds like a, a horror movie. To tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta work to get money to give it right back out to somebody else. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I, I noticed it early on that it wasn't for me that lifestyle. But then after school, it really started clicking. And that's when I could really start applying stuff since I didn't have to focus on my studies as much. That's when it started right. clicking. So what would your advice be for people who are struggling to find their niche? Like, what is your main advice for like, I guess that like, you remember your, everybody has a freshman memory of their self when they, um, you know, were still trying to figure things out and just didn't know what you know what path to follow so what is your um advice to that person if you could you know talk to your freshman self what would you say to yourself to try to get you to move along in the right path 
I would definitely say just go for it. Whatever you feel like it, just go for it. Mark Zuckerberg said, uh, if you ain't breaking things, you're not moving fast enough or you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> said, so things are going to get broken. You're going to fail. You're going to learn. But you'll never learn unless you try. Right. So you never know if that work out or if that's your niche. If you don't try, I mean, hey, you may not even like it. I mean, and everything that you're passionate about shouldn't be turned into a business. Right. Um, it's not the try stuff. I, I say start as low cost as possible just to get a feel for it, get a sample of it, but just to get a feeling. And if it's something that you wake up every day and cannot go without or you're always thinking about, it's worth going for. It. Right. At least you know you try. Right. Because even with me, like, I never thought that I would be, like, a podcast host. You know, I was, like, the person that's behind the scenes. I'm like, I could do it, but I'm not really... I don't Like, I always assumed I didn't have the voice for it. And then all of a sudden, like, when I started it, people are like, oh, you sound good. I'm just like, huh? What? I didn't think, I didn't think my voice was for this, you know, because I really don't talk that much. I'm like really calm. At least I'm in like a quiet setting, but yeah, you just never know because I've watched, like you say, study, you have to study your niche. And so like, I study interviews all day, 24-7. Like, that's all I did. Even when I, I wasn't thinking that, that was what I wanted to do, I was still like studying it because I was studying the people they were interviewing because I wanted to be like those people. So. Yeah, you got to be a student of the game. People say they grind and they hunger and they want success. But every time I talk to them, like, well, what are you doing? Are, are you studying? Are you researching successful people? Mm-hmm. No, no I'm, I'm just getting started. And it's trying us. That's 2016. It, time out is for trying. Like, I never see myself as an author. Like, in school, I'll be honest with you, I got like C's and English. I mean, I barely... Right. I was happy just to pass and get out of class. Right. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I, got, I got a book out, like, touching lives. I mean, it, it's it's crazy how things work out, but I would have never known unless I just went for it. Yeah, so tell us I about mentioned. your book. What is your book about? Yeah, so it's called My First Money Book, sold on Amazon.com. It's a guide for parents, children, about saving, spending, sharing, and investing their money. Mm-hmm. A part of that that I did growing up speaking to a lot of successful people I mean millionaires and billionaires that I talked to right we just noticed a trend it finally uh, stood out to me that they learned at a young age about money principles and it carried into that adulthood versus unsuccessful people that I see more often right uh, I see that the information they received at a young age was all in good tense sometimes for the most part but it was just poor information right. so I seen those two and I was like, if I can get the children at that young age where they're still a sponge and they're soaking up information and they're shaping their character, then I can change that generation and generations to come. So I really focused on teaching children. Um, there's not a lot of children's book out there about money, mm-hmm. which at that stage, that's the most important stage, but people just always jump to adults. And at that point, I mean, like they say, it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks. Right, right, right. Understand, understand. And yeah, so... Yeah, me and you are from the same, um, not neighborhood, but we actually were the audience. We actually did go to the same um, high school. So, yeah, as far as I know, I already knew, like, I was already interested in writing, but I didn't think I would. But I ended up going to school Park County, and then I ended up changing. So I understand when you said about the C's and all of that, you just trying to get up out of there. So I was just trying to get up out of that accounting class just to go... <laughs> go over to that journalism to get where I needed to be, where my niche was and things like that. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I feel the whole, and then when you were saying about the, um, your book and about it, uh, 
you know, being basically the target audience, basically being the the kids and, you know, and some adults and teach and them being able to learn from it also. Like I did that actually for a small time, like after after college I went I did AmeriCorps and um I went at while I was in AmeriCorps I actually worked for a housing um organization and went out and did community outreach and taught money smart tools to the kids and talked about saving and the importance and, and the importance of saving and credit and things like that. So yeah, it's really needed, especially for, for um people who are in harsh circumstances and don't have that guidance guidance to know about saving up and things like that. That's true. A lot of people just don't know. I mean, it's just once you're exposed to it, it it's a paradigm shift in your mind. Uh, once your mind is expanded, it'll never go back to its normal sh- shape. So just passing on information out like you're doing, that's so amazing. Because once the children are exposed to it, you never know some one person planting to see the next person water it. But eventually it's going to get It's going to grow sir, sometime or later. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to grow sometime or later. Because, like... Uh... Well, I, I always remember a quote from one of my teachers in high school. Like, uh, I was like in a journalism class with Miss Keesaw, and I did a quote. I'll quote it like, you know, um, with AAU games, football games, they were real popular back when I was in school. And so my little brother was doing an AAU game, and I was like doing a story on his game. And I did a quote from one of the, um, the little boys or the little football players you know about the game and so when she had read my article she was just like oh i really love that quote mind you this is about a gazillion years ago but i still remember it so she so that's an example of you know watering i watering the seed and now all of a sudden i'm growing because you know i i realized like people like my writing when you people keep telling you over and over like oh you sound you your writing sounds good your writing sounds good after a while you're gonna believe it oh, so yeah. <laughs> and then when you start realizing like oh wow my writing does sound good and i go back and read old stuff it's like oh it does sound good so yeah i mean i th- when you water that seed it's gonna grow sooner or later maybe later but it will it's gonna grow <laughs> Eventually. eventually it may take so it may take so a while it may take a while but it's going to go it's going to grow and so like okay so i'm gonna jump it back on the beehive bandwagon we're gonna we're gonna go over to a quote that uh jay-z made in his in his uh 445 album and his quote was basically um it's a mini quote it said he said that financial freedom is our only hope how do you feel about that quote it is in um, <laughs> a world <laughs> i agree with him 100 percent uh in a world that seems to be run by money i mean a lot of people try to deny it but very little goes on in our life that's not affected by money so financial freedom is our hope there's there's another quote um sort of the tie in there it says there's two ways to enslave a nation one is by the sword and one is by debt so when you know better you do better and when you don't have to depend on the government to for your food stamps or for building a house or getting a credit loan or just whatever it may be, you have so much freedom to do what you want to do. A lot of people go to work just hating it because they know they got to work there and they got to go there because they got to pay for the debt that they racked up or the student loans or right. car payment or the house that they got that was so big that they really didn't need, but they just got it anyway because it looks good. Trying to keep up with the Joneses. 
Or the Kardashians at this point, in this age, in this millennium. <laughs> <laughs> this millennium, yeah, it's the new one. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely agree with Jay Z. Financial freedom is the only hope. But a lot of people, they love to play the victim game. They always, it's easier to complain. Well, this person holding me down, or the man holding me down, or the government holding me down, we can't do nothing. Instead of just taking the initiative to do better. Or find out somebody, or find someone who does know better. Because a lot of people don't know better. I mean, if you grow up in that in a particular environment that you know um, depends, or or depends on um, the government for certain things, you're gonna think that that's, that is the way. That's the only way. And then when you you know, so it just takes that one, you know, that one little seed and that little drop of water <laughs> that'll get you out the house. And then you'll see all the mother plants out there and then you realize, oh, okay, so this is how it's really done. <laughs> it's a whole nother world. It's like going from black and white to color. You just exposed it is, to it and you're just like, it man, is. I'm actually when you, happy. When you, you do better, you do extremely better. Much better. And, but, like you said, yeah. it's about going. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, with, what about the credit situation? Like, for those... For those students that don't know, because I was one of those students that did not know like how important it is to, you know, how how important, you know, I was a first generation first generation student. I didn't know about the importance of, you know, having a full ride. A full ride would have been excellent, and you know, but I ended up going to a private school and I ended up racking up a lot of loans, a lot, and then I ended up going to grad school out of state and racking up more loans. So it's just like when you're trying to get approved for certain things. After a while, it's like uh, your credit looking kind of <laughs> on the on the weak side. So just if, just if, just give me your intent, your input on you know how to conquer you know conquer some of those loans and getting them to you know relax a little bit because it's like when you think when you accumulated so much of those loans it's just like you're not even seeing the bright side of things so what is your um what is your take on that situation when when people are trying to maintain or trying to get back on the good side of credit when they have all those loans going on in their statements and things like that yeah now somebody got right up a lot of loans uh, one the, the idea is to uh, pay it off as soon as possible to minimize that interest. Because interest on those things, they grow fast. <laughs> I mean, one day you're looking at it, it's like 100,000. Look at it next Tuesday, it's like 110,000. It just grows so fast that it keeps compounding interest. Uh, so what I would say is to contact the lender. Contact the lender to work out some prepayment plan. A lot of people run from the creditors or try to avoid them or hide and seek but if somebody owe you money what you want them to pay you right so i look at it in that perspective so I, it was crazy i mean when i was getting out of debt it was um i'm contacting them my first building they come out yeah i'm like hey how much do i owe you uh, when is it due when is it coming out um a lot of them even give you deals and stuff if you set it up on automatically to pull from your bank account right um but i would prefer just to set it up from your bank in instead of giving all your information to that lender set up from your bank. Many banks do like the bill pay and just have them send the money over to them instead of them having your bank information. I'm not a huge fan of that. Right. Um, so I'll my bank and have it sent to them. But any little bit helps. 
I would say that. So any little bit helps, whatever you can put towards it. If you have to pick up an extra job. Um, Listen, at this point, I need to have, I need to be a millionaire to get that handled. Like, not, <laughs> I don't see, I don't see the sun coming out tomorrow. Not no time soon. And it's possible. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote, he wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. He said his poor dad taught him um, that we can't afford it. But his rich dad taught him to think, how can I afford it? But I was like, man, I never looked at it like that way. You, you look at something and you think like, I can't afford that. So you just give up and you shut down. Like your, your brain cuts off the creative part of it. And, but then he said, his rich dad said, think, how can I afford it? And that keeps them gears turning in your mind. Like, okay, maybe I can start selling little uh, designers or be an Uber driver or do Airbnb. I mean, just start thinking on that creative side. Mm -hmm. So not just your brain down saying, I can't do it, it can't be done, but reprogramming your mind to think, how can I afford it? How can it be done? Okay, it may take this long, but what if I add this in there? What if I sell some cookies this week? pick up an extra job it's just an extra couple hours at work it can be done but you just got to get creative in that aspect too like we said just becoming that person of value that right. money chase right you told me no <laughs> 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 nah, I, I really even though you said all of that it sounds nice but you know I just feel like yo <laughs> listen you have no idea yeah you gotta be hungry you gotta get you gotta my just get to that six, point. My school is, we talk about 60000 a semester. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's private school, okay? All right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> For the new next generation. Now, next, I would say the nation as a whole just hit a little over a trillion dollars in student loan debt. Yeah. And that's, that's growing up. Like the next generation, I think they're getting a little more wiser. But there's an app called Scholly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y, Scholly app. Um, it used to be free, but since it hit Shark Tank, I think there may be a little fee to really get into it, like a couple of dollars or something. But it helps you find scholarships. So anything, I mean, there's millions of scholarships out there that a lot of people don't know or heard about. I mean, I got a couple in high school, probably like $500 or $200, but they add it up. Just wrote an essay and possibly has to tailor it a little bit. I mean, even in school. You oh, yeah. See, I did get a few scholarships. Now, I ain't going to even front, like, my freshman year or whatever, and then life did help me out. But it's still, like, that was no match for it. <laughs> that was no match for, for private school. You know, you go to private school, you got you to gotta be quick on your feet. But, listen, I turned out wonderfully. wonderfully. Like, I, you know... I, I did my four years. I met wonderful people. Um, we learned our four C's. We were great. Shout out to the koalas. And I went off and became something, you know, got my little master's. And now, look, I'm, a, I'm out here teaching y'all. We got Reggie on the podcast. And Reggie up here giving y'all motivation about, you know, getting y'all stuff together with the finances and everything. So, you know, I'm just saying, $60,000 semester, that was... Now I look back at it like, what in the world was I? Like, I should have, uh, well, probably not 60, probably 30000 a semester, but it was just 60000 a year. And it was like after my second semester, that's when I realized, like, yo, I got to pay all this back. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge eye-opener. Sally Mae, she gets her money. I got to pay all this back. And then I wasn't even with Sally Mae. They gave her to Sally Mae. So I was just, I, I had nothing to do with Sally. And <laughs> she just got in it. <laughs> 
somebody. <laughs> she was minding my business. That was so like Sally had nothing to do with this. I mean, one thing I can say about Sally, man, if you ever feeling lonely, just miss a bill and she will call and check on you. <laughs> <laughs> she will check and make sure you are all right. Okay. She'll make sure you're still alive. If she ain't if you ain't alive. If they private loans, they'll they'll call on your grandkids and your kids and check. Like I felt so proud when um when I was in AmeriCorps, I did AmeriCorps for like a few years. Well, when I got out of college, I did AmeriCorps Public Allies, North Carolina, for like a year. And I was feeling I was paying those loans back, you know, because you get a scholarship when you're in those programs. And so I felt great, you know. I was paying loans off during my term, you know, putting things in. Uh, forbearance, deferment, and whatever, so I won't have to worry about paying it, you know, because I'm working for, you know, I'm doing service for the government. But listen, those little thousand, two thousand, whatever, that doesn't amount to thirty thousand, you know. That's. Like... <laughs> I mean, it adds up though. Eventually, <laughs> it may just take off the interest in there, but something is better than that. <laughs> well, that was that was 2013. We are now 2007. It's about to be 2018. I'm just looking like, listen, Sally, it's not gonna work. <laughs> just stop calling. <laughs> I haven't hit that. I yeah, haven't hit that. Just like, that social. like, you know what? I'm gonna just start over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start over. Let's let's do this over. Can we work it out? <laughs> but yeah, so um uh speaking of Sally, we're just gonna go ahead and um get into the sharing is caring segment since I'm telling you all my life story about my finances <laughs> or whatever and how I'm you know, reminiscing on my Sally days, but um, so yeah, so in the media, so we uh, there a lot, there's a lot that happen in the media, and a lot of times, me and my friends, we just share different stories that we come across in the media just to get our little inputs on uh, what you think about this or what you think about that, and so I decided to incorporate it into um, the show, and so uh, what I call it is the sharing is caring segment because you know. <laughs> we have to we have to keep each other abreast of what's going on because you know we care about what's going on in the world so why not anyway so there's like three categories that we judge the news the uh the different news topics we share about so the first uh the first we call is wtf the second we call is it's lit and the last is i don't know her right and so I'm going to basically give you a topic or subject in the news, and you're just going to vote from those three headings. Okay. You got it? Are yes, we good? Go. All right. <laughs> so, okay, so how do you feel? So have you heard about net neutrality? Yes, yes, heard about it. Okay, so uh, uh, I guess, re- well, before initially, they were trying to, you know, ban net neutrality you know put different charges on different websites and different providers you know and put little bands on different social media networks and i think now right now they're trying to repel it but how do you feel about that situation what is your vote on that that one i would have to go with the wtf (laughs) and it's it's just i don't know it's it's not right. It's, I mean, certain things are supposed to be just left alone. Right. Um, people, the big corporations are the big uh, government agencies. They just have to keep their hands and everything to make them feel like they're in control. But some things are better left alone. Yeah, so you want to monitor everything. Because at this point, we're paying for Wi-Fi. 
and then we have to pay for going onto the social media network and then we have to pay it's like why are we paying for all of that and then you still gotta pay for taxes <laughs> <laughs> and then I still gotta pay Sally Mae like what the- <laughs> it's just everywhere it's just ridiculous I don't understand it yeah it was, yeah, that one, it was that's a definite that is yeah that's too much right right okay so next uh, have you heard about the not me movement with a lot of women who have been um, well not not me but um, the me too movement have you heard about that when a lot of women have been doing the me too hashtag on, on social media in regards to um, sexual harassment yeah, vaguely. Vaguely, okay. So, uh, Russell Simmons, uh, you know, Russell Simmons with Def Jam, uh, he had, and Baby Fat, and Rush Card, and all that. So, he has been um, recently um, had allegations brought against him. And so, he decided to come up with the hashtag, not me. <laughs> and so, uh, his. He did, he did, like, this whole paragraph about um, how the allegations are false, even though, like, multiple women have come forward and said that he has sexually harassed them. So he, stood, he um, stepped down from a, um, some of his positions, and now he's, uh, he did, like, a, recently did, like, an article last week uh, with the Not Me hashtag and um, explaining how it, basically throughout the whole article explain how he's not trying to discredit other women with with the me too hashtag and saying that uh the allegations brought against him are false and he actually did a lie detector test (laughs) um at one point i saw so uh what is your vote on that story Mm. now that one I probably have to go and I don't know her. <laughs> you say that because when you hit that level of status, that celebrity status, and people all they see is a dollar sign, and some people just gonna come out the woodworks, mm-hmm. just start making up stuff and lying. I mean, not saying that every everybody was lying, some of them probably selling the whole truth, but then you just gotta be careful too. You can't believe every story that come across. Right, right, yeah. But it seems like a lot of those people were. Cause if have you heard any of the stories? No, not many of. Them. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do feel for that. But it's just like he with the idea of him making that hashtag. It's just like really, you gonna make that hashtag? Yeah, so still you just <laughs> you just ain't like that. <laughs> you not gonna make that hashtag because it's deflecting away from the whole Me Too movement. It's so that like, he's like not me. I was like, what is going? <laughs> Did you really have to do that? Okay. But anyway, that, that's somebody, Uncle Russ. Yeah, that's somebody, Uncle. Somebody, Uncle. I don't know what he got going on. So, um, the for the last story, um, you may be interested in this. This is the news of the Bitcoin soaring and possibly taking over for the currency. So, yeah. So, there was news like a a major buzz last week or the week before recently about Bitcoin. So how do you feel about that news? <laughs> now, Bitcoin has been getting a lot of publicity. Yeah. So, good and bad for the most part. Now, the amazing thing with that one, I definitely see cryptocurrency. So digital currency, that's the future. Now, how far in the future? That one is tough to say uh, because it's 
it's digital. I mean, it can pop up literally tomorrow. It's just about getting um, merchants and vendors and the government agencies to sort of agree to come on some common ground. So that was a tough one. Now, the interesting thing with Bitcoin is it's crazy because in 2011, it was at five cents. At the beginning of 2017, it was 800 cents, well, $800 per Bitcoin. And now we at almost the end of 2017, and it's at $19,000. That's ridiculous how fast it is growing. So personally, I didn't invest into it. Um, so Warren Buffett, one of the greatest investors in the world, mm-hmm. he said, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Hold up, say that with quote one more time. For the people in the so back, said, for the people in the back. Just asking for a friend. He said, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. So a lot of people hyped up about the Bitcoin and getting into it, they rushing into it at high $19,000, $18,000 per Bitcoin. Not many people buying a whole share. They may be buying like partial shares, but they getting into it. And then next thing you know, they lose their shirts or something happened. Not saying when it will happen, but eventually it's just at a unsustainable rate. So definitely I'm being cautious when others are being greedy. And then when people are being fearful, like I look at, um, I got tracked wealth. So if you look at a wealth chart for us to stock market, 1928, we had a market crash. Right. But the, the greatest wealth return where people started surging in their wealth, like the, the rich families, when they started investing, when that people was fearful and they lost everything, they invested at the bottom of that crash. And around 1930, 1931, you'll see a big rise in wealth in America. So those people was greedy when everybody else was fearful. Like, no, I'm staying out the market. Even back to 2008 with the financial crisis, that was a big drop in the market. A lot of people was hyped up about houses, going, taking out mortgages, two, three homes. They just selling and buying because it was just so easy. Money was just so much, it was so accessible. And then it just crashed. But then you start looking at 2009 and 2010, that's when wealth surged even more for those wealthy people that was investing while everybody else was fearful. So that's the approach I take at it. Um, right now, I'm not in the market with Bitcoin. They are some other digital currencies that I'm keeping track of as well. In addition to Bitcoin, I just have to wait till the, the dust settles. <laughs> He's, he also said when um, when the tide goes out, you can really see who was skinny dipping. <laughs> who said that? Uh, okay, who said that? Buffett. Oh, I had he a, said I had a tide... my portion. Who said that? <laughs> You can see when the tide when the tide goes out, you can really see who was skinny dipping. So a lot of people, I mean, I even seen people take out mortgages for Bitcoin. It's like, why would you do that? I mean, I understand you you're chasing wealth or you're chasing the money, but you got to do your homework too. Like we said earlier, you got to be a student of the game. So it sounds like you're saying you got to cry before you walk. See, I gotta I gotta take it back to the. <laughs> yeah, you got to cry before you the walk. Yeah, I search when I before I invest, I, I take like months and months of studying the company or studying that fund just to see the performance or how it reacts to the market. And then just looking at Bitcoin, looking at those records, it's just at an unsustainable rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is definitely the future. Cryptocurrency is the future. But Bitcoin is a little a little too rich for my blood blood right now. Yeah, I'm just like when I see Bitcoin, I'm just like, Bitcoin, what is going on? Then I'm like, oh, I know this person. Oh, okay. So they did an investment in Bitcoin. So now I'm like, oh, well, I need to invest in something because I'm trying to come up on something. <laughs> yeah. 
with invested, never invest the grocery money. I mean, you got to be comfortable. When you invest it, you got to be comfortable with possibly losing it too. I looked at my portfolio one day. That's that's why I hold all my investment. And it was just a horrible day in the market. And I looked at it and I'm in the negatives. So you got to be able to stomach it when you invest in your money. <laughs> so it's nice when everything is in the green and you make it hundreds and thousands of dollars, but market take a turn and you see that thing in a negative and a red <laughs> it takes a lot to not hit that sale but <laughs> so okay so when you because I want I, I eventually do want to you know not worry about Sally Mae and I do want to actually try to invest in something so when you say um uh you know when you were listing the different markets that we couldn't and that we you know black broke black or broke millennials could invest in um, I know you had named like the growth. Uh, what do you say? The growth companies. Yeah, growth companies. Yeah. So when you say growth companies, what do you mean by that? I want to. As an example, I, I just didn't get it. You know, for people who don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, I would say companies like Apple. Apple is steady growing. You got Amazon. You got um, what's my Tesla, Tesla steady growing, Facebook. I mean, just those large companies that you know is going to be around for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can have an iPhone 99 and people are still going to buy the iPhone 99. It's just it's just not going anywhere. It's part of the culture now. Mm-hmm. So that was my first stock that I listened to. I started with something else or ETFs, as I mentioned earlier, but then I ventured into mutual funds. So mutual funds, I prefer. That's where you can have so as you pool your money with other investors to invest into a multiple companies. So you can invest into the Apple, the Googles, the Amazons, all within just one fund instead of having thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars invest in multiple individual stocks. You can invest into a mutual fund that invests into those hundreds of stocks. So that's a great way to start investing as well and get exposure to all those growth companies. And there's something that's actually called growth companies or like a 500 index fund. That right. The 500 largest companies in the U.S. Um, so I definitely take a look at, at, at those just to get started. Yeah. So have you, okay, because I know I have um, tried to do it. Listen, I'm always doing things and creating things. So I know at one point I was planning an app with, um, well, with myself, but I was going to get a friend to work with me on it. And so, um, I was attempting to read a book about <laughs> creating an app and they were talking about um, investing and finding investors. So are you the type of person, are you like interested in uh, investing in, you know, startups and apps and things like that? Yeah, no, it, it, I have to be bought into it. So I actually, I really got to see the vision of it, the long-term growth. Um, so right. I see it, then I'm into it. Because my money is like my soldiers. When I send it out, I want to bring me more. Right. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> but yeah, definitely if I, if I enjoy something or I buy into the vision and the mission, I'm an investor. So what, okay, so so what do you think is like the turning point for, or like the winning point for a person that's interested in getting an investor? What do you think the key elements that an investor looks for in investing in a startup? Oh man, you gotta do your homework. You gotta have the documentations outlined. You gotta show um, your target audience. You gotta show the potential revenue projected five, six, seven years out. 
you got to show the cost. You got to show them how much it's going to take them to invest and when they're going to get their money back and how much they're going to make. That's all an investor want to hear is how much I got to put in, what percentage I'm going to get, when I'm going to get my money back, how much I'm going to make. So when you're talking figures, when you go into an investor, you got to talk figures. Right. You can't go house stepping. Uh, you got to have everything lined out for them. You got to show them what the mission of the company is. There's something, like I said, you got to invest into yourself. So I went to a seminar a couple weeks ago. It's called FinTech up here in Charlotte. And it was basically what we're talking about now. It was investors into financial technology, either programs or applications presenting to investors. So I was in that crowd just listening to them. I mean, these cats had some really good ideas. They cut it down from hundreds of people down to about eight or 10 that actually hit the stage and was able to present to future investors. I'm talking these guys, major banks and corporations, multi-millionaires and billionaires in this room. Right. So they got to have their figures right. And there was one interesting one that stuck out to me. It was called Coins with a Q. So Q-O-I-N-S. So what they do is take um, your spending. So whatever you spend, say say you go to the store and you get a coffee for like a dollar and 50 cents. They'll round up to $2 and just use that 50 cent to put in a little reserve. And then at the end of the week or end of the month, they will apply that to one of your loans, whatever loan you put, either a credit card or your student loan. So I was like, man, that's, that's pretty clever. I mean, you're just taking spare change to pay off debt. Right. That was something pretty interesting that I noticed as well. But yeah, you just you gotta have the numbers ready when you go into an investor because they don't like their time being wasted and all they see is money. <laughs> as they should, as they should, especially if they're investing their money. I would think that they want to know how much money they're gonna get back. So um yeah, that's that just makes that just makes perfect sense to, you know, know the projected outcome that you will be receiving back. So have you thus far, uh have you accumulated or had any success with any of the investments you have? Yeah, so stock market, um, that's pretty steady. Um, that's why I keep my investments going. Mm-hmm. I started a business last year. So my goal is five businesses in five years. So I started when I was 25 with an outdoor flea market. Ended up selling it this past August. And since then, I opened two more companies. So I got a rental property that I rent out. I'm actually just started this franchise. I fly out January for training. So three businesses in one year. I'm on track. <laughs> but okay. yeah, definitely I say success. Uh, but also some lessons. I, I touched on it earlier where I said every passion may not be a business. So I'm passionate about the flea market. Like I loved it, but it was just the wrong market. So I, I eventually ended up, I just gave up on it and I sold it. And then it started putting my focus towards something else. But I would have never known if I would have never went for it. Right, right, yeah. Cause listen, it that was that was courage enough to uh, say you know know when to let go. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean, once you're looking at your 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 records and you're looking at the loss that you're taking after loss after loss, it's just all right, it, it's time to cut loose. I mean, so how many L's did it take for you to give up? <laughs> man, I wasn't even in business for a year. It, it took it took some L's. I ain't gonna tell you. Man, it was some lessons. So this next business I got is it's gonna take off. Like I just know it. So the rental right. property, that's pretty steady income, which that's nice. So now I know how to keep record of expenses and keeping business money separate from personal money. So you got your business account, you got the LLC established, and then so that first business it taught 
the, the keep your business separate from your personal life and record keeping and getting an accountant, talking it through with them, speaking to other people about businesses. So you learn, you learn while you go. That's why I say you just got to try. I mean, like you, you just never, never know. So what is your advice for anybody who is interested in, um, you know, doing the uh, property uh, real estate thing, uh, op- thing, the career that you're doing? I say do your homework. <laughs> it always comes back to it. But it, it's just so Well, important. as far as like who to go to, because you know, people say they want to oh. do things but they don't they don't have that network. Oh man, now in day and age there's no excuses. I mean you got YouTube, you got books, you got That um, is true. Limitless number of resources that they can access. Even your local library or Amazon just picking up a book, going to different seminars. Like I went to real estate seminar it was free for the first time and then after that you had to pay so i just went to the first one right but <laughs> not so much about it and then even just picking professionals that's already doing it right success always leave breadcrumbs so successful people they always looking to pull you up and give you that extra little nudge or just give back and share that advice mm-hmm. and just to help you out so i just always talk to them like hey let me just pick your brain like I was just talking to a guy the other night. Mm-hmm. This guy, thirty years old, he owns forty franchises. You said he's thirty and owns forty. He's thirty years old and he owns forty franchises. I was like, "Yo, we gotta stay in touch." And just people like that, it's just gonna push me in. And I'm thinking about opening up a business each year in five years. One each year. This guy said he opened up six franchises this year alone. Okay. He's thirty years old. I was That's like, yeah, you, you're grinding. That's what I'm talking about. Like most people that say they be grinding, they just be home tweeting it, sitting down in their drawers. That's the shade. Right. The shade. <laughs> like I just made eight dollars off of Bitcoin. I'm grinding. Man, this guy just opened up six franchises, and you say you grind it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, a lot I, of I shade. Like, yeah. A lot of shade. I want the Cheetos and, and the cereal. It's the ground flexing. Like oh, I'm eating. No, you ain't eating. You. <laughs> what is he? What you say he was eating? Cheetos. They ain't no off Cheetos at that. Hey, <laughs> Just licking they all them Cheetos out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you have you definitely, most definitely, you have to make a book of quotes because you didn't name every author out there. So at this point, you're the definition of reading is fundamental. Okay. I'm like, yeah, who said know. that? You got to check on those quotes. You got a quote book over here. <laughs> Anybody need a quote? Love- you need to holler at Reddy, for real. He, he's the best <laughs> author. <and> he <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, they limitless resources. So no excuses out there anymore. Like I said, excuses was for 2016. Trying was for 2016. 2017 ain't over yet. Still got time to grind. And going into 2018, you just got to go ahead and start planning. Like, I thought... I was doing something planning five years ahead. I went to go see T.D. Jake speak um, about a month ago. This guy said he's planning 10, 15, 20 years ahead. That's a whole nother mindset when you when you can plan out that far ahead. Well, he got the bread to do so, I would think. <laughs> but even just starting now, you just got to challenge yourself. And then you got to you gotta force yourself to uh, 
become the person that you want to be. At that, yeah, honestly, because I think about it. I, I honestly, I'm the type of person. I think about the person I want to be every day. So there's not a day go by that I'm not planning my next step to be that person. Like it's always on my mind till I'm like sick. So at this point, like it's like okay, what's the what's the step I want to do today? I'm gonna do something today to, to dedicate to my future. Exactly. That's it. Every day you gotta make. People are having these vision board parties, and I'm just like. I'm writing down goals like every day. So my vision day party, my vision board party is like every day. It's just I'm not telling everybody about it every day. <laughs> day, my phone full of business ideas. Under my bed, I got folders full of business plans. Like every day, I'm researching, I'm studying. So when it's time to make that move, no excuses. Everything just need to be flawed. Everything is all together. See, I got the. I'm the creative person. I don't have to like the paperwork, like the actual business plans. I just got like scribbles and outlines and MLA format. <laughs> yeah, just jotting it down. Notes yeah. all in the phone. Just like you said, just as long as you're taking a step towards that goal every day. Yeah, most definitely. And Reggie, I do appreciate you come um, you know, calling in. It was a struggle. We tried numerous times to get up on this call. Like that was my fault. That was my fault. Like it was just not it was just not. It was it was a lot of a lot of bloopers. Save it for another year. <laughs> and I, and go ahead and plug your book one more time so everybody can know where to cop it. Oh, uh, yeah. Get it as a Christmas gift. It's a gift that they can open up all year round. <laughs> it's called My First Money Book, available on Amazon.com. Audio, ebook, and hardback version out now. And your boy got the bookmark, so we steady ground. We ain't, we ain't slowing Okay, up. bookmark. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, because I, I have an event, so we might need a might need to get you in on a, a sponsorship packet or something. Just let me know. Okay. Just let me know. Okay. Yeah, you got to follow the page. We'll talk about it. So, um, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And um, uh, you guys have a nice holiday. And, Reggie, thank you so much for calling in. All right. You have a good one. All right. You too.